listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Welcome everybody to another episode of Impact Sports Daily. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined today with Jay DeCoster. Jay, it has been a while since we've been on the show together. Yes, it has. It's it, been a minute. It's just been a long time. We've been so busy, but there's been a lot of sports that's happened the last month. A lot of stuff went down the last couple days college hoops so we have plenty to talk about between college hoops and some MLB news going down towards the end of the show so let's get right into it it's gonna be tough to talk about with the first segment here absolutely Michigan State basketball last night dropped their fifth game in their last six losing at Iowa a bad 86 to 60 final score yeah I mean you can go you you can start first it's just it's unbelievable I mean they they had, MSU had no chance in the beginning and they got off to a fourteen to four Iowa got off to a fourteen to four start. They're just hitting every three and, and Keegan Murray doing what he does best and Jordan Bohannon just couldn't miss. Um, it's just Iowa's getting hot at the right time and unfortunately for MSU they're just this slump continues. I you know we said this last year you know, we were thinking last year for last year you know they were in this rut but they kind of got out of it beating Illinois and Ohio State two top five teams but now it's. A little different now. Like we expect MSU to get in this out of this rut by now, and then you got Purdue on Friday or on excuse me on Saturday, and that and that's obviously no gimme. That's that's a top five team coming in, and if you lose to them, you're eighteen and ten, and you're nine and eight in the Big Ten, and then you got to go to Michigan. Um, but one game at a time, it's a tough loss. You know, I, I wouldn't even say tough loss. There's just a blowout the whole basically the whole game, but. Yeah, I mean, you got to move on to Purdue, and that's obviously a tough one, so we'll have to see. Yeah, it was disappointing the first half. Just It wasn't. It seemed like the Illinois game in the first half. They came out, were kind of in it, kind of not, and then you thought halftime, cool, they're going to come out ready to go like they did last week. But but Tyson Walker wasn't. Yeah, exactly. The opposite happened. I mean, they started on a 4-0 run to start the first minute, and I thought, wow, they they might pull out something here, and then they got rolled. Um, Yeah. I was hitting so many shots. There were a couple times where they started making a push early in the second half, and then Bohannon or Murray would just hit, pull a shot, shot out of nowhere, hit a deep three, or just they're such a good scoring team. And I and think they State they they haven't played well as of late. Obviously losing five of six, but even before that, other than I would say the Michigan and Wisconsin going back pretty much to the new year, they haven't played a good game of bat. They played two games since the new year that I thought, yeah, that's yeah. that's a top five top 10 team in the country, they can compete and go to a Final Four. Yeah. And that was the Michigan game, and that was at Wisconsin. I, no, I think the Wisconsin game for me right. was the most complete game because Michigan obviously isn't a very good team and it was at home. Right. But you go on the road at the Kohl Center and you just outplay them the, right. basically the whole game. And it's just it's not been that way the last month and a half. I mean, you know, Gabe Brown hasn't been himself. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I You know, for the – Throwback to the Battle of Atlantis. The guy was hitting every corner shot. Marcus Bingham, I don't know what's happened to him either. You know, he looked really good in the beginning of the year, and now he's just, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, a lot a lot of these guys, I just think maybe they just maybe checked out. Maybe they're just tired. I don't I don't, I don't know. It's tough. but It's tough to figure out. Everybody's been waiting the last two weeks to say, yep, now they're ready to go, bounce yeah. back. This happens every year, and it's been, it, they have it's arguably gotten worse, especially after the performance last night. Uh, they just, I think truly what needs to happen is they need to play a team, not even a bad team because they did lose to Penn State last week on the road. They need to play, I honestly, I think a Michigan, an Ohio State, or Maryland down the stretch are games that they can get. I would say Michigan or Ohio State, those are two teams, State 
and Tom Izzo always seems to just they the system works against them for a reason. State just never matches up well against Iowa. That's always a tough team for them to play. Purdue they usually struggle against. Illinois is usually a good matchup. They only lost by five, but I just think they need a team to get right against, quote-unquote, just a team that they know what they do works, and they'll, they'll be able to go through and get stuff done. Yeah, and, the, and these three opponents, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Maryland, guess what month that is? That's March. And that, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to say that they're going to, you know, go 3-0 against them, but, you know, if under a Tom Izzo-led team, these are the three teams you would expect them to win against. Obviously, it's going to be tough going to Ann Arbor and then going to uh, the Value City Arena in, at Ohio State. So, I mean, Maryland, you should, obviously you have to win because Maryland's not a good team. It's senior day. Uh, but, yeah, for as far as the Purdue game, I mean, yeah, MSU doesn't play that well against Purdue, but it's also at home. Um, I think they have a you know, much better shot because they, they don't they never play well at Mackey. But it's at the Breslin Center. I think Purdue, you, you see Purdue struggling on the road sometimes, especially a game they're, they're you-know-what blown off against uh, Michigan. They lost by 20, so – you know, anything can happen in the Big Ten, especially uh, for a road team or going on the road. So we'll have to see. I don't know. Yeah, I think State, they're going to turn it around. I truly cannot believe that they will go. If if they lose out, that would be 10 straight games. And maybe they beat Maryland. They lose. They go 2-8 and eight to finish the season. Yeah. I don't see that happening. I, I still think they're safe to make the tournament. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. But I think that this team will fix it. And it'll be, it won't be a gradual, like my roommate asked me earlier today, asked me, is it going to be a U-turn or is it going to be an eight-point turn, like an eight-point you're trying to back out of a parking space? Right. It's going to be a U-turn. This team, I, it's too late in the year for them to, you know, slowly graduate. It's going to be one game, whether it's the Purdue game, I think it's going to be the Michigan or Ohio State game, where they're going to show up and like that. It's going to be back and they're going to roll their way. And I, li- I, I tweeted this last night as well. What goes up comes down, and I did see that, you, yeah. and vice versa. This is probably yeah. the lowest I've ever seen this team in a while. Even last year, the, I I truly this has been interesting to watch. So I am of the belief, and I would say of the hope that when they do turn it around, because I do think it'll happen, they're going to be ready to roll, as Trent Valley likes to say, and they're going ready to, to roll. they're going to roll their way into when they'll stop. At the peak of this team, I don't know when they'll stop, to be honest. Yeah. I, they've shown a lot this year. It's just a question on when. Man, I hope so, because last year they had, a, they had a guy that could score in those clutch moments like Aaron Henry, and this team doesn't have it this year, let's just be honest. And, and they don't have that leader like Cassius was like right. a couple of years ago, um, and that's why those right. teams were so successful. And, and, so. My, and my issue with like that point is, you're right, they don't have a guy like Aaron Henry last year, but they have... Max Christie, who could very easily be that guy. He's also a freshman. He is. So, I mean, Aaron right. Henry was right. very, what was he, a junior? He was a junior. And then he went to the league. Right. So, so Aaron, yeah, and, I, and Max Christie is a freshman, so you, you have to cut him some slack. Yeah. Gabe Brown's a senior. There's no slack to be cut there, to be honest. Yep. Marcus Bingham, I understand, like, he's he's kind of taken a backseat. Julius Marble's truly been the number one center the last yeah. few weeks, and he's played well, but Julius Marble should not be your number one center if you're going to be successful in the Big Ten. He's a very good center, but I just don't think he's the number one guy. Marcus Bingham should be that guy. I think Tyson Walker, what he did against Illinois was not a fluke. He just needs to shoot the ball more. I just think that they have yeah. to get him going. Malik Hall, he's been getting so banged up the last guy. He like had a every... good game yesterday. He's just wait. Malik Hall for me is just he's that he's just a little too inconsistent, especially with the injury he had against right. Illinois. I just really hope he can do be the same he was against Iowa on Saturday because we need his contributions because we missed it and, on um against Illinois. 
it just it's there's there's guys and we we've been saying it all year that somebody's got to do it. We're still waiting, and that's probably going to be the biggest point for them to come back. Another thing that I almost lost my mind on watching last night was AJ Hogard has played well this year. He's actually done better yeah. than I expected him to. Solid. But last night was exactly why I do not like him as our starting as the starting point guard for this team. Iowa was running a zone. They were leaving him wide open, and they just did not give him the ball. Oh, they, yeah, State would throw him the ball, and he, they, they knew Iowa knew he wasn't going to shoot. So there were a couple times where Hogar would get the ball at the top, slide it to Gabe Brown because he assumed he'd be open the way the shifts work in the, in the zone. And Gabe Brown already had a defender blanketing him because nobody's guarding A.J. Hogar. They were forcing him to shoot last night. He shot two for eight from the field, over two from deep. It's just... It's it's just so frustrating with this team and yeah I mean just... they're just they're just in a rut that I, don't, I didn't think it was going to be this long but look they they can find if they I think they can find a way I don't think to be honest I don't think they're being Purdue on Saturday but I th- if there's a slight chance that they could um just because it's at, just because it's at home and Purdue's been kind of rolling recently maybe they yeah. can kind of step you know go step into this you know trap I don't know it, it's it's tough right now but. I'm... Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the box score truly for the first time. I didn't even like. I checked it a couple times throughout the game last night, but uh, Gabe Brown was 0 for seven from the field. I and I try not to get too hard on Gabe month. Brown. Yeah, he has not had a good last month. Truly, nobody has other than Julius Marble. I think it will turn it around. They will turn it around. I truly I just. It's frustrating because you have one side trying to stay optimistic, at the other side, it's like what you see is is not good. You're just trying to look at it and be as hopeful as possible. I mean. I thought the best part of last night was when Izzo brought in Keon Coleman. Yeah. There were a couple times where I was like, he looks like the best. He looked like he wanted to be out there more than everybody else. There was one rebound where somebody from Iowa chucked up a three and it went, it was off the mark. And I believe Christie went to grab the board cause he was right there. Coleman came from the other side of the floor and like bumped into Christie because yeah. he was trying to get the board. That's the energy that state has not played with all year. And that's what state needs. And, I mean, Keon played. He played five minutes last night. I think it was more of just to send a message to the team. But if he's gonna play like that, he needs to be out there. Like right. I just just put the at this point in the year, Izzo either got to put the guys out there that want to play. That number one and number two, you have to look at the guys you do want to play and say, "You're my guys. Go and get it." I agree. Yeah, I agree. And Keon Keon gave you some a good five minutes. He showed you a lot of effort. And yeah, I think I think I agree, man. Like. Maybe it was to send a message that you know you guys aren't playing well. Let's it, let's go. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough right now. These these last these last you know especially the Penn State game. I think this Penn State game was more heartbreaking because you were up fourteen yeah. and you just let it go right. against a team like that. I mean, like, Penn State just isn't very good, and then you found a way to lose that game, and that and that's just been part yeah. of this huge rut that they've been in. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try and not be as pessimistic anymore. Let's start with, uh, yeah. number one, we've kind of talked about this. Can they turn it around? I believe they can. It's going to be quick. If it, if it happens, I think it, it, if it happens, it will be very quick and it'll be sudden and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Jay, do you think they can turn it around? Um, I, you know, I do because we've seen with these Izzo teams over the years and I know like people are panicking right now saying, you know, this roster isn't as good, but, I'm just, I'm looking at the schedule here. You know, you host Purdue on Saturday. They I think they can find a way to win. Now, that do I think that'll happen? Probably not, but maybe. Um, I think they. I I definitely think they can go into Michigan and win. Yeah. Um, I, I, because Michigan, that's gonna be a tough one on the road. Yeah. But you know, Michigan isn't a very good team. You go to, going to Ohio State. That's a very tough one. But 
If you're gonna find a way to win there, that's gonna that's gonna send a message to your team. That, okay, this is this is winning time. Yeah. If you can if you can beat Ohio State on the road, that's a, that's sending a message that okay, we're 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 kind of back here. And then you you obviously have to beat Maryland. And, so and to those that say State won't or can't turn it around, I mean, early in the year they I, they they did lose to Kansas the opening game, but only they only lost by thirteen. They actually played pretty well in that game. And Kansas is a top is probably gonna be a one seed in this year's tournament. Yeah. That was a very good loss. You won at Butler by twenty. Butler's a very tough place to play, even though they're not that great of a team. They do play very well at home. You beat Loyola, who's going to be a tournament team, very good team. You beat UConn the next they're very day. Very good. They just beat they just beat Villanova last night. They're very good. I think they're a dark horse to make a Final Four run this year. The Baylor game, you ran out of gas at the end of that weekend, but the first half you were right with them. At the end of the first half in that game, you were down by two, and Baylor's yeah. Baylor's very good as well. So they showed a lot of promise. They still played well pretty much until Christmas. It's something after Christmas when they, the team got COVID and that high point game where they had half their team going, something fell apart because since then, yes, they've, they've, they've still won games quite after that. Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, the close wins did not look impressive. And then after the Wisconsin game, it's just been a straight downhill. So they, it's there. It's just waiting for it to come out. And then last mm-hmm. question about State specifically, will they beat Purdue on Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna say no, but it's gonna be very close. I, I feel like I always say this, like for these home games. I just, I'm so pessimistic, pessimistic right now. Like, the, the, hell, they could w- go out and win by ten. Like, right. who knows? But I'm gonna say no, they will not, because I just think Purdue's way too good. Jay Nivey is a stud. Yeah. I watched that ru- the game against Rutgers. I mean, he posterized the guy, and Zach Eady. Like, I'm not even gonna get into that. That guy is gonna be such a mismatch for this team. I mean, he. I feel like Zach Eady is gonna go out there and drop thirty. Yeah. I mean, he is a stud. I mean, they have and not to mention J- Travion Williams. I mean, they have so much talent. Yeah, that team is Purdue is really good this year. That team is gonna they're gonna be an issue in March for everybody. Just the size they have, the yeah. the best team in the Big Ten, uh, bar none. So let's get moving into the larger world of college hoops because there is more than just Michigan State. We just talked about UConn. You just mentioned their upset last night. They hosted Villanova in a big time Big East matchup. And they pulled off a very exciting two-point win over the Wild Villanova Wildcats. What did you think of that game? That, that was an exciting ending, and that that last second uh, layup that that was just incredible. Um, yeah, UConn's a very good team. Um, and speaking of UConn, uh, Hurley that was that was just amazing. Pun trying to pump up the crowd, and he just gets ejected. Mm-hmm. Like that that's just amazing. But what the college basketball refs. Are doing these days so yeah yeah last night uh those that missed it there was a play at the uh, UConn had the ball the one of their players attacked the basket similar to the when Izzo took his uh technical last night as well where player went up lots of contact didn't mm-hmm. get the call back down the floor Hurley was letting the ref hear it I didn't think it was worthy enough of a technical but they gave it to him similar to the Izzo situation whatever Hurley didn't like the call, but he said, whatever. So he turned to the crowd behind him and started waving his hands at the air yeah. to get them excited and get the crowd into it. And then the refs teed him up for a second time, giving him a double technical, and he was Amazing. ejected from the game. And this is with, I think, like six minutes left in the first half. Like, there was a lot of basketball to be played. You're playing a top-10 team in Villanova, and you just got your coach was just kicked out of the game. But the team rallied. They played. They were down four with, like, 20 seconds left, and they made some – they hit a three – were able to force a turnover on a, on a uh, jump ball and then hit a last second jump, uh, last second layup with RJ Cole. It was an awesome game. UConn's going to be really dangerous in the tournament, and so yeah. is Villanova. 
the Big East has some really good basketball teams. Yeah, the Big East is obviously ridiculously good. I'm I'm very excited for the Big East tournament because I th- how many te- how many teams do they have? I, like 10, 11. It's like ten. I want to say that sounds right. For going into the tournament, sorry, I didn't say that, but going into the tournament, Marquette like they should get in. UConn's gonna get Villanova obviously getting in. Um, but the Big East has a lot of teams getting in this tournament. I think Creighton's going to be a big, uh, a tournament team this year. I mean, the Big East is very good and a very entertaining conference to watch. It's yeah. one of my favorites, to be honest, yeah. outside of the Big Ten. Of the 11 Big East teams, seven of them should make the tournament. And Providence, who's had a great year, very oh, yeah. surprising. Oh, I forget Villanova, about UConn, Creighton, Marquette, Xavier, and then Seton Hall all should be in the yes. tournament this yeah. season. It's just they've been great. I mean, a team like St. John's has been really good, even though they probably won't get in. They've been a tough team to watch. Big East basketball has been a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad that conference is back. Yeah, There's exactly. It just I, it didn't feel right when they were gone, even though yeah, you don't have Syracuse and some of the other former Big East teams in it. It just it feels nice to have it back and just it, it's it's great basketball because it is a basketball conference. It's unfortunate because I was I was at a DePaul Blue Demons game in Chicago against Providence, where Providence beat the hell out of them. It was on New Year's Day, and yeah, DePaul's unfortunately not very good. So, but they'll be back, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> just they're just not very good. It's pretty, it's pretty annoying. But, anyways, <laughs> anyways, I had to go on that rant for a minute. And then in Big Ten basketball tonight, Michigan hosts Rutgers in a big time game for Michigan. Obviously, yeah. they're right on the bubble. Joe Lenardi has them as one of the last four teams in. Other bracketologists like Jerry Palm has them out of the field completely taking on a Rutgers team that was rolling up until last Saturday when they went into Mackey and lost to lost to Purdue in a tough game. They honestly played well. Michigan without Jawan Howard yep. after the uh, – what are they – I don't know what you would call last Sunday when he slapped an assistant for Wisconsin. Yeah. What, what, I mean, let's start with the whole sit- – Jawan Howard situation. Jay, what did you think of it when you saw it? Well, I didn't see it live, and I went on Twitter like, because my my friend texted me saying, "Well, Jawan Howard just screwed up his career." And I'm like, "What do you mean? They they only lost to Wisconsin by 20, and they're, they're going to make the tournament, they, or they could still make the tournament." And then I saw on Twitter, Jawan Howard just punched a guy. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, that explains it." So yeah, that was very interesting to watch. Um, and you can you could say it was a punch or a slap. It doesn't matter. The guys the guy assaulted another coach. I mean, you you can't do that. And it, I think it was justified to suspend him for the rest of the regular season. Um, you know, you just can't do that in today's in today's game. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think the suspension was justified. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when when he comes back for the Big Ten tournament how they'll do. So yeah. Yeah, it's a tough time. Uh, I. Similar situation Sunday afternoon. I was doing homework and decided to go on Twitter. And all of a sudden, I see, you know, uh, a couple different big-time people like Big Cat from Barstool and a couple other people, like, just losing their minds on Twitter. And I go and look, and I find the video of him, you know, getting into it. And then all of a sudden, you see him slap or, oh, yeah, open-hand punch is what I would call it. It wasn't more of a slap because he doesn't matter. He, has, he, he did hit the other coach from Wisconsin. Uh, wild situation. Two other players from Michigan were suspended as well. Musa Diabate, Diabate, Musa Diabate, the five-star freshman. And then Terrence Williams. And then Terrence Williams was also suspended because they got into a fight after, during that whole scrum situation as well. So they will not be playing. It's going to be tough for for Michigan to go in and win tonight, even though they're home hosting Rutgers. Uh, Phil Martelli is filling in as their head coach. I'm in two different places with Michigan now. First, number one, I do not think they're very good. And I don't think they should be anywhere near the bubble for this tournament because they have their resume. You beat Purdue. That's a good win. I'll give you that at home. Mm-hmm. 
You beat Iowa on the road, which is a solid win. I don't know if it's a resume booster, but it's a solid win. And then Indiana, who's now a bubble team. I just don't see, personally, I don't see how it says, yes, they're in. It's like, are they? Yeah, it Truly? just it just depends how good Iowa's going to finish here down the stretch because it makes that win look better, you right. know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, their their resume is not very, yeah, it's just, it's not like, I don't see any of the, any wins on here that's like, oh my God, yeah, that's nothing, ridiculous. Yeah, nothing stands out to you. And that, and the Rutgers, or the Purdue win, it was one of those games where it was Rutgers, or sorry, why I keep saying Rutgers, Michigan played really well in that game. They shot the lights out of the gym and Purdue had their worst game of the year. They laid an egg. And that's still, you get the win, they yeah. get, you get credit for it. But you haven't consistently beaten good teams or even shown up against good teams for me to mm-hmm. think, yes, you're definitely in. So I, who do you, who do you think is going to win tonight between Rutgers and Michigan? It, uh, is, it is at the Chrysler. I, oh, man. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go Michigan here. Look, I mean, it's just. I think I think obviously Michigan plays well pretty decently at Chrysler. Um, and Rutgers hasn't really shown me that they can win on the road yet because they're obviously r- ridiculous at Jersey Mike's Arena. Um, I think Michigan can pull out a, a close one here. Um, and then I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. They they host Illinois. That's obviously a tough one. Host MSU. Host Iowa, and then go to Ohio State on March sixth. So you got four of your last five at home. I mean, you could. They can beat Rutgers and Illinois. You can make it the case for them that they can get in here. So I mean, I I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm just spitballing, but we'll have to see. I will say that the opportunity is there for them, like you said. Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State finish season. You do. I, I'd even say three and two. You give yourself a really good shot to get in, especially with the Big Ten tournament still to come. But then again, you're missing Jawan Howard. Part of me thinks that Michigan's gonna play better without him. I. Personally, don't think Jawan. I think Jawan Howard's a great recruiter, but I don't think he does a, as well of a job of coaching his team and, yeah. and getting them right. Because people yeah. forget, two years ago, his first year at Michigan, they were a borderline tournament team. They were an eight nine seed before COVID happened. They weren't having as good of a year as everybody thought. They had like a great start to the year, and Big Ten play they really struggled. It's happening again, and like I know last year they had a great year, but it was. Last year they had a lot of senior help, and that was a really talented team. They had they, Wagner, they had um, Wagner, who's a great NBA player. Hunter Dickinson, Livers. They had Livers. They they just. I yeah. think that the senior leadership leaving them was really tough, and I honestly I think if you take Hunter Dickinson away from this Michigan team, they are maybe beating. Actually, they would they would have lost to Nebraska had 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 Hunter Dickinson not play or had Hunter Dickinson not been in the game against Nebraska, they would have lost a couple weeks ago. And when he got into foul trouble in that game, they almost did lose. They were down at halftime, or it was really close at halftime. So I just, yeah, I just put my stuff aside. Rutgers is actually getting five. Michigan is favored by five points tonight, which I think is ridiculous, personally. Yeah, I mean so Rutgers very. If, I just like yeah. I have to pick Michigan because I just right. don't think Rutgers like they're a very good right. team. Like they're they're just yeah. really yeah. insane yeah. at Jersey yeah. Mike's Arena. If this so. if this was Sunday mornings on the gambling corner, I would be taking <laughs> Rutgers plus five. But did they cover? They did not, right? right. Uh, against sorry, against Purdue, the plus they, twelve. They did. It was twelve and a half. It was twelve and a half, and yeah, they won. They lost by twelve. Yeah, they lost by twelve. So they did oh cover on Saturday. <laughs> Backdoor cover, love it. Anyways, <laughs> I'm. I, I think Rutgers wins outright tonight. I. I it's it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a close game, but I mean, even though they did lose by twelve on Saturday, Rutgers still played well, and I think did, that yeah. it. You know, if you can. Play like that at Mackey. I Michigan does not have the team that Purdue does. Personally, I I, I think that's not really much yeah. for dispute. So, yeah. 
Anyways, yeah. that's that's gonna do it. Oh, and uh, one last question: We have about a week and a half left in Big Ten play. Next week, Sunday, is the last day of the regular season. Big Ten standings still congested. A couple teams have fallen out. Michigan State had a shot. They window is closed now. Uh, Iowa is now out of it. Rutgers is kind of still in it, but probably not. So your four teams that I think still have a shot are Purdue with four losses, Wisconsin with four losses, Illinois with four losses, and Ohio State who has five. Jay, who do you think will win the Big Ten? I'm gonna go. I'm just, I'm looking at these schedules right now. Um, I'm gonna have to go Illinois. Um, because I'm looking at their schedule. It is they, easy. Yeah, they host Ohio State tomorrow night at nine o'clock. You you go to Michigan. You can hopefully you can win hope win that. And then you host Penn State. That should be a win. And then you host Iowa. That's your biggest rival on Senior Day. Right. So I think they can win that. Um, it just depends on how Purdue does. But I think Illinois should be able to win this. So what about you? I think I think Illinois will not lose the rest of the way. If they do lose, it'll be tomorrow, but I think they win. So they'll finish with four. I think they're going to tie it with Purdue. Yeah. I think Purdue's going to handle business on Saturday against Michigan State. They do go to Wisconsin, which is the big one. Like that'll t- pretty much that's going to determine if Illinois will share a title as long as they don't lose or it, it, the, the Purdue Wisconsin winner of that game is going to at least get a share of the title. I think mm-hmm. Purdue gets it done on the road. I just think they're just that much better than Indi- than Wisconsin. And then at home against Indiana, it's going to be an awesome game for Senior Day. But they're Indiana's struggling so bad right now that I would uh, Purdue's going would probably blow them out if I had to pick. So I think Purdue's going to share it with Illinois. Uh, if I had to bet, though, if somebody was going to win it outright, I would probably take Purdue. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Yeah, I think Illinois. Yeah, that that would be a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, I would definitely, I could definitely see that happening. Um, but yeah, Illinois just they're just they're just a really good team. You know, what Kofi did to MSU on set last Saturday, and what Trent Fra- what Trent Frazier is able to do in his fifth year senior. He's a fifth year senior. That guy's incredible. So yeah, they they have a really deep roster. So yeah, that's gonna do it for college basketball talk today. Now we're gonna move into a little bit of Major League Baseball talk. The lockout that's been going on since since December. It's still not been resolved. There's still no new deal in place between the union and the owners. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, shocking uh, to none. But uh, there's been more talks the last, I think the last two weeks or so, they've been meeting pretty much every day, which is a very good sign. A lot of agreements have been put in place. A couple new rules will be implemented. Number one, Universal DH, the NL, will no longer have pitchers hit which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I my, think it's a good my thing. My only question is for a team like the Angels with Shohei Otani, if he starts on the mound, is he still allowed to be a DH? Like, even when he comes out of pitching, is he still allowed to hit? That would be my only question. I think, I think you, yeah, I think you can do that. I, I, I have no I, idea. I, 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 that would have to be the only rule you'd have to establish, but even then, I think that should be allowed just because, number one, you should want Shohei Otani in the lineup every day if you're Major League Baseball because it's good for baseball. Number two, I just think it's something that, it's just something that needs to be addressed. So if the Angels try to do it, it's known in other teams because there are a lot more two-way players coming up behind Otani. Mm-hmm. And the other agreement, uh, the MLB is going to start doing a draft lottery. So now instead of just for the MLB draft, it's in reverse order of place finish last se- from the previous season. Now they haven't decided the number of teams, but the lottery will decide either eight or four of the, f- the first eight or first four picks in the draft. And then everybody after that will go in reverse order of place finish which i think is interesting for baseball first off it's different than the other leagues or different than basketball and in, in, in the nhl because they just do it all 16 teams that miss the play or 14 teams that miss the playoffs 
now until it's only be about half the teams, which I think is interesting. Jade, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I mean, if like the NBA, the NBA does it, and the NHL does does it to prevent tanking. Um, you see these teams in baseball, like the Orioles. Um, I can't think of who are the other like terrible teams, like the last Orioles, year. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Orioles, the Rangers are going to be bad again. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of these teams last year they they had like fifty something wins. I think there was a couple. I think it was one that had like forty yeah. something. The Pirates, you know, yep. I think I think it could be a decent system just to prevent tanking because obviously tanking isn't very very good for the sport. Um, and you can see the other side of it is, you know, you, you've been very, you're very bad and you need that number one pick and you might get screwed out of it. There's both sides to it, but yeah, I th- I think it could possibly work. I I'm I, I don't have. I'm not really against it, but it's it's very interesting. Yeah, last year both Arizona and Baltimore finished yeah. with 52 wins yeah, and 110 Arizona. losses. Yep. So I think they're gonna try to just avoid tanking. I like it though from the standpoint it's not all the entire lottery or the entire teams that miss the playoffs. Like everything will be reordered. It's just the top couple picks. So I just think that's a I I like how they're doing it that way. So I think that'll be interesting to see because it's never been done in any of the other sports. But in the money side of things, which is really what matters in the CBA agreement, uh, still apart from what I hear, uh, pretty far apart in some reports. But the issue right now is players want to get paid sooner with arbitration, stuff like that. I believe they want to start getting paid two years after they've been in the league instead of, I believe, it's three or four. Uh, and they're not free agents as based on the current deal for like the first six years that they're in the league, which is a long time for most major league players. So players just want to get paid sooner. And the other thing that they want is minor leaguers. Obviously, the reports of minor leaguers don't get paid very much. And so some of the agreement is to try and get them to be paid more, which that's a completely different, mm-hmm. like just a completely different issue for the owners right now. So the owners are trying to cut minor league baseball and trying to reduce the number of teams so they can, I don't know if they necessarily pay the other players more or if that's just they don't feel like playing, paying the lower end players as much anyways. But it's just interesting to see as of right now, I believe to make sure the this, this season starts at the very beginning of April. In order for the season to start on time, they'd have to have a deal done by next next Friday. I think they'll get it done. Jay, do you think they'll get it done? Yeah, I think so. Because if you, if you lose games, then you're just losing more yeah. money. So yeah, I think I think they'll end up getting a deal done because you know if you don't, it's just even worse for the game. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, you can't lose games yeah. for the owners. So yeah, I think yeah, obviously both sides don't want to miss games because players yeah. lose their money, owners lose their money. Nobody's happy in that point. So they'll definitely get it done. They've been meeting pretty much every day for the last couple of weeks. So you'd have to think they're close or somewhat close where stuff will get moving soon. So I'm optimistic. I'm happy though. Just hopefully baseball's gonna get started on time. Uh, it's I, it would be a good spring if there wasn't Major League Baseball at the start of April, which that would suck if there wasn't. So yeah. I'm excited. It'll give us something to talk about in April because sports can get really boring as, uh, in a couple weeks after March Madness dies down. So we'll just have to wait and see. But anyways, that is going to do it for us today here at Impact Sports Daily. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined with Jada Coster. Hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily.